meaningless thought The shell appears strong But the inside is right It's time to be stirred The time is now The winds have changed Read the signs No time to hide The winds have changed Millennia ago from the little cave on the tiny island of Patmos in the Aegean Sea, the heavens opened. Since then, the world has been fascinated by the cosmic upheaval brewing on the horizon of history. The upheaval is now upon us. It is within us. To some degree, it always has been. But there has been a sudden and violent shift in the affairs of the world. The winds have changed. Heaven will not be silent. Let's now join Father Anthony Bush, pastor of St. Stanislaus Koska, the Sanctuary of the Divine Mercy in Chicago, and author of A Mother's Plea, For the Winds Have Changed. Together we can pave the way for a hopeful response to the signs of our times. Everybody and welcome. Hi, Tony. Hey, Father. Nick? Nick. Uh, am I a teenager again? Yes. Nick? Um, Nick? Nick? We've got uh, snow coming, I think, maybe. Yeah, they right? say that. Nick says no. No? You don't know? I He's trying it. to be positive. What it, are you? It's, it's coming. It, is it coming yeah. for sure? I'm not, not, not for, nothing's for sure. Why do you, why do you say, uh, why, wh- Nick, why this? Because he doesn't want it. <laughs> not sure if coming or not. Yeah. Uh but do you think? Yes. Uh, have you heard anything? Have you heard? Fifty-fifty. Is that what they're saying? Are they saying fifty-fifty? It started. At, well, what I heard was we were going to get snow, and then I'm hearing it's, it might be rain, and you know, I don't think anybody ever knows. Because oh, I was kind of hoping there'd be a snow day tomorrow. <laughs> some some say snow, and also storm moving in different directions. I mean, we've been blessed this year, really. We have had so yeah. little snow. Um, and see, I got prepared for it the last two times when they said, oh, we're getting this big, you know, storm. Yeah, we've never, and, yeah. And it hasn't happened. Nothing has materialized. Yeah. It's okay. But it is winter, if that's what you want to say. The other day for was a couple 50. more weeks. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to believe we're in March. Uh, wow. Okay, we're going to pray, and then I'm going to uh, talk, talk about Esther. Do you know anything about Esther from the Bible? Esther? And Esther of from Esther. Esther. No, <laughs> heard something. I, I see the the book you have there. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Women in the Bible, uh, because the, the reading today is uh, from the book of Esther, and so I thought, you know, I I need to know a little bit more about. Uh, I don't think I've ever really read the book of Esther, mm-hmm. and uh, if somebody would ask me, you know, who is Esther, I don't think I could answer. I think now I can. Yeah. But. Uh, and that's a shame. I should be. I should know everything, right? I was um, kind of thinking that, but then you can't know everything. You can't can you? know. You know. You're always learning. Right. Um, I, in, in fact, who was it? Uh, Billy Graham Jr. Uh, I think is. I, I think he's a junior. The Billy Graham son is Billy mm-hmm. Graham, right? I think so. And there's a commercial uh, that I saw. A couple of com- commercials where he's at. He's calling people to give their life to Jesus mm-hmm. and to, and to, you know. Be, the most read book in the in the world ever printed is the Bible, and he says, you know, I, I I don't understand it all, but you don't have to understand it all. And coming from a man of uh, deep faith like that, it was it's uh, it really is. You can never exhaust the the mystery of the faith, but uh, uh, it's uh, and, and to know all the personages, uh, the, all the yeah. different. Like somebody mentioned to me the other day. Ah, uh, what was his name? Um, and I was embarrassed to say, I, "Now, who, where, it, where does he come from in the Bible?" Onesimus, have you heard that? No, Onesimus. And uh, I've got to, I've got to look that up because I was embarrassed to say I don't recall. You almost that have person, to read you know? yeah. everything again to find out. I don't like the name doesn't sound familiar. Onesimus. I've, I've kind of heard the name before, but I don't, uh, I, I, I couldn't tell you anything about it. I'm sure him. you can Google it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's Because that's Google knows everything. <laughs> the nice thing about uh, social media. 
But let's uh, pause now to pray. Yes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech you, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel. May by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ our Lord. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, the soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, look kindly upon us, increase your mercy in us that in difficult moments we might not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence, with, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. O most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of Mercy, at this most critical time we entrust the United States of America and the whole world to your loving care. Most Holy Mother, we beg you to reclaim this land for the glory of your Son. Overwhelmed with the burden of the sins of our nation, we cry to you from the depths of our hearts and seek refuge in your motherly protection. Look down with mercy upon us and touch the hearts of our people. Open our minds to the great worth of human life and to the responsibilities that accompany human freedom. Free us from the falsehoods that lead to the evil of abortion and threaten the sanctity of family life. Grant our country the wisdom this nation was founded, uh, on, the, on which this nation was founded, and that he alone is the true source of our cherished rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. O merciful Mother, give us the courage to reject the culture of death and the strength to build a new culture of life. And now trusting in your most powerful intercession, we pray, remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, our mother. To thee do we come, before thee we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, Despise not our petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer us. 
Saint Joseph, pray, pray for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So you know, I say I, I would like to have a snow day tomorrow. I'll tell you why. Not to, to put anybody in an inconvenient situation because it, well, it's so beautiful when it first falls. Yeah, that's true. It's uh, until you have to shovel it all up. Then it's no, I don't. Yeah. Uh, that's Dude. why I say I don't want to put anybody in a right uh, place of inconvenience. So we got people who do that. But I, I just need a day. I need a day. You know, I, I I wake up in the morning. I don't know if this happens to you or to some of our listeners, but I'm sure it does. But you wake up. I wake up really early. I just wake up, but then I got all these thoughts going through my head. People I haven't been able to get a hold of, or you know, emails get buried. Uh, yep. Need to call this. I need to take care of that. I've got to look into this situation. I wonder what's happening with this situation. And uh, it's just impo- it's humanly impossible. It's humanly impossible. And so I agonize. It's almost like a uh, you, you're it's 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 like a nightmare almost. You're awake, yep. but you're thinking about all these things that that have to be done, and you just don't have the time to do it. And I don't want uh, you know. I try to be accessible. Uh, I really, I really, really, really try to be accessible to people. But uh, there's so much, and uh, you know, to follow up uh, or even to return an email call. I mean, for for whatever reason, in the technology, we we talk about this all the time. But it's it's a great good. Like you said, you can Google anything and mm-hmm. um, get some information. Hopefully, the right information. But uh, but at the same time, it just is so consuming, and it just it it it, it piles up the. Uh, the work, um, and I, I might be, quote unquote, a workaholic. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I'd say you think are. I might be, um, but the, but but that really bothers me, and it's, it's and I hate it every morning. It's just like every morning now. It's just I'm I'm up for two hours before mm-hmm. I even get out of bed. So already like at three thirty, three thirty, I I wake up and 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 all these. Uh, thoughts are coming to my head. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I've got to call this person. I wonder what's going on with that family. Uh, wh- whatever. It's just it's so. It's and you, all you can do is pray, you know. But yeah. you want uh, to make that that contact uh, anyway. That's again, life is work. Life is life work. Is work and people don't understand that, especially when you think about sacrifice. Think about it. You 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 want to do so much. Yeah. And you have. To, some people have to do these things. And, you know, with God's grace, things get done. Yeah, you know, so it's inter- interesting you mention that because I, I'm working on this other letter. I'm, and I, as I said, I'm always ahead of myself, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm already working on the letter for the third Sunday of Lent. And that's uh, a template for my, for my homily. And it, it begins with the Israelites uh, grumbling in the desert because they have no water. You know, they're tired. They've been... You know, and and they're and they're asking, you know, why did you bring us to this God-forsaken land? We have nothing to eat, nothing to drink. You know, we're going to die in the desert. We better that we would be slaves. At least we had uh, food in our belly, and uh, you know, God performs uh, the miracle uh, of uh, He certainly feeds them the hidden manna, which is a prelude to the Eucharist, and He feeds and He, you know, has uh, Moses take the rod and. Uh, hit the rock and the water comes forth. But uh, this idea of grumbling and as I, uh, and in the, the gospel that week is uh, the Samaritan woman and uh, when Jesus meets her at the well and Jesus is tired, he's been, they've been journeying. And so he sits down and uh, the, the disciples, they go to the town to buy food and he's at a cistern, but he doesn't have anything, no, no means by which to bring the water up. Uh, the woman, uh, the Samaritan woman, so he's in kind of foreign territory, mm-hmm. uh, which is already a, a, a beginning of, a, uh, it's, it's, it's a prelude to the Catholicity of the church. We're going to move beyond the, the Jewish Israelites uh, to encompass uh, all peoples. So the, the, the woman comes and she's uh, got the jug to, to get water, and he is asking her, 
for a drink. And she says, well, how can you, a Jew, ask me, a woman, for a drink? And uh, then they have this dialogue, and Jesus said, but if you only knew who was asking you for the drink, you know. And uh, the, the point being is that he has this ardent thirst for her soul. And, and the story is really interesting because, you know, he, he tells her to go and call, uh, call her husband, bring her uh, husband. Uh, and she says, I have no husband. He says, I know, you've had five husbands. And the man you're living with, he's not your husband. So, and, and trying to put all this in uh, a, a letter, you know, it's, just, it's too much. That, that, that gospel yeah. is so rich, so much. Yeah. But uh, what, he's, what he's revealing to her is that, you know, you're, 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 because it, it, it goes back to the uh, uh, something you said, and I forgot what you said, but the, 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 the grumbling, okay? Because mm-hmm. uh, she said, you know, give me this, give me this water. He says, I, I, am, I, 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 I can give you water you drink and you'll never be thirsty again. Well, well, give me this water so I don't have to keep coming back to this, this uh, cistern mm-hmm. uh, with this jug. And I, and, and, and I, I recall the, the women in Oaxaca uh, who used to come to our, our well. We had a well at the mission, and I worked on there for a short time. And, uh, but the women would come to get the water, they'd, the jugs, and they would carry it on their head, and they would uh, traverse uh, the hills uh, with these water jugs on the top of their head. And uh, also in, in Rwanda, in Africa, I saw that uh, as well, but it was women carrying sacks of potatoes on the top of their head, you know, and it looked very painful. <laughs> and, and you can imagine, you could see the tiredness and the Talk about the yeah. labor. It goes back to you saying life is labor. Mm-hmm. That's what, what brings what? me to this. But the, 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 the point is that uh, I'm trying to bring a, bring a conclusion to this uh, letter, trying to keep it within a, uh, you know, a reasonable mm-hmm. amount of space, and you're limited because you could go on and on. I could, you could almost write a book on this. And, uh, but I was... I, I was so, so, so she goes back to the town. So he, mm-hmm. the point is she has this encounter... And she goes back to the town to tell everybody. She says, you, you, you must see uh, this man who I, I've encountered. Could he not be the Messiah, the Christ? He told me everything about myself. He, he, basically, he read my soul. He knew mm-hmm. me. Um, and then uh, Jesus went to the town, and he spent two days. And uh, it, it basically, basically, the gospel concludes that, uh, or the, that story that the people say, we, we believe now no longer on your word, but on his word and the fact that we've had our encounter with uh, Jesus. So I uh, go from there to say, okay, but realistically, uh, yes, they've had an encounter with the Lord, but uh, inevitably they're going to continue going through life, grumbling, muddling through life, stumbling through life, as we all do, because don't mm-hmm. we? Even we who have the faith. I mean, I think I, uh, I, 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 I don't think, I know that I, that I grumble, I'm, I, I muddle, I stumble through the day most of the mm-hmm. time, you know? And uh, always having to put, my, my, my trust is always put to the test. But, uh, and, yet, and yet, having said that, that we have faith, that we know to go, to Christ. Uh, that's why I go into my chapel often in the course of a day, because I have to re- remind myself or be reminded that, you know, he's with me and that the God is uh, working uh, in me and through me in ways that I'm not aware of. My, it's, I put my trust in, in that reality because, uh, because that's what the Lord said, you know. And but we are in the exile. See, we're not. Uh, we're in the exile, and so when Jesus and how how often how often is this repeated? You know, in in many different different ways. But I just uh, the, the the one, and I kind of sort of conclude the gospel with those words of of Jesus, who said, "You know, um, why do you worry about tomorrow when today you've got we've got troubles sufficient mm-hmm. for the day." So he says, enough already, stop it already. 
you know, worrying about so many things when we got to we got to just get through this day. So the, 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 again, the realism there, right? Mm-hmm. We've got to get through this day. We got work to do this day. And uh, and the point is, you know, that we all we all bear responsibilities. And I guess that's part of the thing, you know, uh, waking up and feeling the the burden of these responsibilities or things that I'm not uh, uh, I'm not fulfilling my responsibilities in in a perfect way. But it's uh, responsibilities. It's having to deal with different characters, different personalities. People have to deal with my faults, my my uh, quirks. I have to deal with theirs. You know, we're a cast of characters, and and uh, we, we need each other. But uh, uh, it's uh, you know, I, I used to always say, you know, if, if it weren't for people, if it weren't for people, I'd be a saint. <laughs> but it's only a, on account of people that we become yeah, saints. Because true. it's people more than anything they put us to the test. But, but not only the people, but it's just the, the, this constant assault of the mind, the body, the soul, and the spirit. And, and so that's the realism of our life in this world, in this exile. It is an exile. We haven't, the, the kingdom, I, you know, I, I always re- repeat this all the time, and I keep thinking people may be tired of hearing it, but... You need to hear it. But, you, you know, that the, the kingdom hasn't been fully realized. The kingdom has come. It's in our midst. Uh, so God is with us, but we're still in the exile. And, and so the kingdom hasn't been fully realized and won't be fully realized until the end of time. Uh, or certainly at the moment of our death, there will be a personal judgment and then the, the, the final judgment at the end of all things. But uh, in, the, in the interim, it's, it's, a, it's a battle. But in, and then again, you know, going back to uh, Jesus, who uh, I, I was just thinking about this, you know, he... They went to Samaria. They went to the tomb, uh, to the uh, the well of Jacob, and he sat down. He was tired. He was tired of the journey. He had to sit down. This is God in the flesh, you know. Um, thirsty, tired, hungry, as the disciples were sent out to uh, buy food. So you know, and 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 isn't that part of the reality of our day as well? You know. Uh, Anyway, uh, just, uh, yeah, life is work, and there's no way around it. Yeah. And yet, and yet, and I, and I do mention this, you know, we've got to, we can't be, we can't harden our, harden our hearts, because we too may say, you know, why did you bring me to this God-forsaken place? Uh, is, is God here or is he not here? Because that's a, a question that's, uh, that, that is asked in the... Uh, in uh, the, the first reading, uh, I, I want to say it's from the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, is God here or not? Or they're, they're grumbling, you know, he's brought us into this desert, uh, this God-forsaken place. Is he here or is he not here? You know, where is he? Uh, and uh, uh, sometimes, especially, you know, in these days when there's so much uncertainty and so much strange, weird things going on, I, I, you know, I was reading, again, I, I guess we always... Because I hear this always, almost every day in the in the, in the news, uh, in the morning as I'm getting mm-hmm. ready and I try to do my exercise and and all that to get uh, to kind of wake up and then I do my holy hour. But the uh, the stuff that they're putting into the schools, yeah, it's 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 pornographic. It's uh, I can't even say these things on the radio because they were saying things on the radio that I yeah. couldn't say. It was just. But the, what they're teaching the children, what they're showing the children, graphics and the how-tos and, and uh, introducing them to different uh, types of families mm-hmm. and, and all that. And I'm thinking if, you, if, you were to, if somebody were to come up on the street, uh, an adult, and, 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 and teach a child how to do this, uh, I'm not going to say what this is, you know, that would be child abuse. Yes. Yeah, you'd be arrested. I remember those stories when I was younger. My mom used to tell me, be careful, be careful, watch, don't, you know, go up to people, don't let people try to steal you away. But, you know, I mean, if, if somebody would do that years ago, they'd be put in jail. Now it's your teacher. It's your school. It's, I, it's beyond bizarre. Yeah. Beyond bizarre. Uh and they, they had a. It was interesting. They had a thirteen-year-old, uh, thirteen-year-old boy, who they. I, I listened to it. it was, this is radio, but he's speaking to the school board, 
and he's reading from a book that he got from the library. That he got from the library, and as he's reading it, I could I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Uh, you know that was uh, pornographic material yeah. and I just in the just, library of a of a of a public school. You know, you know, Father, it's interesting you're saying this. Now I've heard the same thing. I wonder how many people that might have not heard it from the sources we heard it or didn't somehow research it. I wonder how many people really believe this isn't a story. I would bet there's many people who do not who do not believe this is happening. Right. And I just wonder, I wonder sometimes, are we too far gone? I would think people everywhere, which, which children are not the first thing that comes to your mind is this is this is pornography. This is this is abuse. But there are people that are trying to say, no, no, be guys, yeah, this is not happening. Right. There was a guy I, I saw an interview yesterday with a, a teen, sixteen year old, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he was actually it was Tim Gordon mm-hmm. interviewed this guy in Canada who was expelled, he was arrested. He wasn't expelled, he was arrested and then expelled. He was arrested because uh, in, and it was in a, he's not a Catholic, uh, he calls himself non-denominational, but a very religious person, and in a Catholic school, but the, we gotta understand there, the Catholic schools are also government schools, so mm-hmm. it's just that they're more religious affiliated, but they've gotta abide by governmental uh, standards. standards. And so uh, they've got the, uh, this uh, uh, transgender or uh, non-gender, whatever, bathroom, right? Mm-hmm. Washroom, restroom. And uh, so some of the girls were complaining because uh, boys were using that uh, washroom. And uh, this guy uh, spoke up and said, you know, uh, in defense of these girls, you know, there's there's only two genders, male and <laughs> Uh-oh. female. Uh-oh. And, uh, and so he was arrested. Mm-hmm. He was arrested. There's a beautiful interview uh, of this guy. Uh, it's bizarre, bizarre. Anyway, we'll take a break. We'll come back and we're going to switch gears. Uh, we live in a strange world. <laughs> we <laughs> just do. To say. We live in a strange world. And uh, But well, let's uh, look at Esther, see what we can... I want to share this first reading, and her, her story is pretty interesting, um, and it kind of speaks a, a bit to the need in our day and our time to uh, to have the, the, the courage of this woman uh, to defend our people, to defend our precepts, our morals, uh, to defend our faith, uh, which all, all this is uh, being persecuted, where there's a, a real persecution that's uh, underway. So do not... I say do not go away. I'm Father Anthony on Winds of Change on the E, on the new EWTN Catholic Radio Voice for Chicago Land, WSFI Catholic Radio on AM 750 WNDZ and on 88.5 FM WFSI. Tune in to Winds of Change on Friday, March 3rd. We will have guest host Mike Stark joining us, celebrating his birthday, and he will be talking about the men of Christ. The discussion will include the upcoming Men of Christ Conference in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and to discuss this great opportunity available to all, he will be joined by co-founder and former NFL player Kevin O'Brien. Remember, Friday, March 3rd, tune into a very entertaining show. And if you do, you will not be disappointed. Be sure to listen. I'm Father Anthony Bush, pastor of St. Stanislaus Costco, the Sanctuary of the Divine Mercy in Chicago, and you are listening to The Winds of Change. St. Stanislaus Koska Academy. St. Stan's is an exceptional private elementary school in Chicago, serving preschool, age three and four, pre-kindergarten, kindergarten, and first grades. We incorporate Catholic values and rigorous academic, social-emotional learning, Chinese, Spanish, STEM, and more, providing our students with leadership and life skills to transform our world. St. Stanislaus Koska Academy is conveniently located one block north of Division on Noble, just off the Kennedy Expressway. To schedule your tour, visit ststanschicago.com. 
chicago.org. ST stands chicago.org. Tune in to Winds of Change on Friday, March 3rd. We will have guest host Mike Stark joining us, celebrating his birthday, and he will be talking about the Men of Christ. The discussion will include the upcoming Men of Christ Conference in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and to discuss this great opportunity available to all, he will be joined by co-founder and former NFL player Kevin O'Brien. Remember, Friday, March 3rd, tune into a very entertaining show. And if you do, you will not be disappointed. Be sure to listen. We're back. Okay, so... Uh, very good. Taking direction. It's this is hard uh, sometimes. Now uh, something went wrong here, but we're back. Right. And I'm Father Anthony, and Winds of Change, and you with the two Tonys and, and Nick. Nick, Nick TNT, TNT, TNT. Uh, so let me read. This is uh, the reading from uh, the first reading uh, on this first week of Lent on Thursday. Queen Esther, seized with mortal anguish, had recourse to the Lord. She lay prostrate upon the ground together with her handmaids from the morning from morning until evening and said god of abraham god of isaac and god of jacob blessed are you help me who am alone and have have no help but you for i am taking my life in my hand as a child i used to hear the, the from the books of my forefathers that you O lord always free those who are pleasing to you now help me I am alone and have no one but you, O Lord my God. And now come to help me, an orphan. Put in my mouth persuasive words in the presence of the lion and turn his heart to hatred for our enemy so that he and those who are in league with him may perish, save us from the hand of our enemies, turn our mourning into gladness and our sorrows into wholeness. So to put that into uh, perspective. This is the only book, uh, it's the book of Esther, the only book that has uh, a woman as uh, the title. Um, but the, uh, let me just see if I can go through some of this very quick. So after, uh, after much wine, the king summons Queen, queen Vashti, Vashti, his wife, so that he can show off her beauty, but she refuses to come. To refuse a royal summons was a big no-no indeed. And King uh, Ahasuerus wasn't used to rejection, so he immediately ordered uh, Vashti's removal from the palace and divorces her on the spot. So the king then seeks to replace her with a new wife. All the you got to put things in historical mm-hmm. context. Uh, all the eligible virgin maidens of the realm enter the beauty contest, and Esther's uncle, uh, Mordecai, encourages her to vie for the king's hand. Uh, Esther is a Jew, hmm. a Persian Jew. Esther enters the royal harem for consideration. While in the harem, Haggai, the eunuch in charge, uh, gives Esther beauty treatments and a special diet so she'll overshadow the other women. After 12 months in the harem, Esther wins the king over, and so the beautiful, and in, the, the beautiful, intelligent, and engaging Esther is chosen over all the other concubines to be the new queen. However, the king doesn't realize that Esther is Jewish, and she heeds her uncle Mordecai's advice to hide her Jewish identity because anti-Semitism is still very uh, prevalent. Now, in the meantime, there's a powerful, influ- uh, powerful man, influential man, in the king's court named Haman, the grand vizier. He starts to cause problems. His status in the kingdom requires that ordinary citizens bow before him. One day he encounters Mordecai, Esther's uncle, and Mordecai refuses to bow. Mordecai explains that as a Jew... He bows to no one but God. Ego bruised, Haman is outraged, and he seeks de- and he seeks death not only for Mordecai but also for all Jews in the kingdom. The evil vizier, Haman, uh, goes before King Ahasuerus and convinces him that the Jews in his kingdom are traitors, 
and that they need to be eliminated as soon as possible. Haman has given the imperial seal to issue a death warrant for all the Jews. Mordecai is on the top of his list, and Haman has a huge, has, has a huge gallows uh, constructed to, to execute him, as well as the rest of his people. Um, so, Mordecai sends word of the death decree to Queen Esther, who is now married to the king, who has hidden her Jewish identity, and she fasts and prays for three days to discern what she, what she should do next. She then uses her sharp intelligence to formulate a plan. So with her Jewish identity still a secret, Esther knows that if she reveals it carelessly, she will also become a victim of the death penalty. She understands that she must approach the king and, and do it soon. Unfortunately, in those days, talking to your husband, the king, was more complicated than just calling his office. Uh, she had to approach him in, at court, which was fraught with risk. The law dictated that only the king could issue a summons, and the queen had, and the queen had no right to appear at court on her own. By doing so, she risks death. Nonetheless, she is so moved by the potential plight of her people that she forges ahead with her plan. Esther knows that two things can happen when she, appear, when she appears at court. If the, king, if the king extends his scepter to her upon her arrival, this gesture signifies that he welcomes her presence. If he withholds the scepter, he, does, he doesn't want to see the queen, and she faces execution for her show of disrespect. Now, fortunately, Esther gambles, Esther's gamble pays off. When he, when he sees her, the king extends his scepter in welcome. He, is, he not only tolerates her presence, but also offers her the ultimate public display of affection, saying, what is your request? It shall be given you even to, the half, to, to half my kingdom. Esther tells the king that she would like to host a banquet for his majesty and the grand vizier Haman. The, the king approves of her idea, and the dinner goes forward as planned. At its conclusion, Esther invites Haman over for a second dinner the following night. Haman is gleeful about his repeat invitation, believing he's getting in the good graces of the royal family. On his way home, Haman reveals at the side of the gallows where his nemesis, Mordecai, the uncle of Esther, is to be executed. Everything, st everything seems to be going his way, or so he thinks. Later that night, the king can't sleep, so he requests that the royal chronicles be read aloud to him. His courtiers recount how a certain Mordecai had actually once saved the king's life by exposing a plot to assassinate him. But Mordecai was never rewarded for his act of loyalty. In fact, it was Haman who had reaped the rewards for, for saving the king's life, even though Mordecai had exposed the plot. The king summons Haman and asks him what kind of a reward should be given to someone to whom the king wants to show gratitude for faithful service until, uh, and loyalty. Thinking to himself, whom would the king wish to honor more than me? Haman gives a most elaborate reply. And, and then a quote from the book of Esther. For the man whom the king wishes to honor, let royal robes be brought, which the king has, has worn, and a horse that the king has ridden, with a royal crown on its head. Let the robes and the horse be handed over to one of the king's most noble officials. Let him robe the man whom the king wishes to honor, and let him conduct the man on horseback through the open square of the city, proclaiming before him, Thus shall it be done for the man whom the king wishes to honor. So the king then throws Haman a curveball. He commands that all the re rewards Haman just suggested should be given to Mordecai, the Jew, 
for his former act of patriotism and loyalty. Now you can imagine the jaw of the visor, Haman, dropping to the floor. <laughs> his worst enemy, the man he has planned to execute, is now to be given the royal treatment, literally. Because this command comes from the king, Haman must endure the ignoble shame of honoring his enemy. He must lead the horse upon which Mordecai rides. When it's over, Haman returns home with his head held low, and the soldiers whisk him away to the palace for a second dinner with the king and queen. Okay, now, now it's time for Hester, Esther rather, <clears throat> to spring her trap. Well, at dinner, the king again asks the queen, Esther, what he can do for her. She decides to expose her secret, an act that once again puts her at great risk, uh, which brings us back to the prayer that she prayed in the reading. Uh, Esther asks the king to spare the lives of all her people and her own life because she too is a Jew. So she's exposing herself. She begs the king's mercy, explaining that neither she nor any of her fellow Jews has ever done anything close to treason against the throne. Her Jewish identity is now out in the open. The king responds by asking Esther who it is that's responsible for threatening her life and the lives of, her, of, of all her people. And she replies, while well, the wicked Haman, the visor's day then goes from bad to worse, as you can imagine. When one of the eunuchs shows the king from his window the gallows where Haman intended to hang Mordecai, Esther's uncle, the king wreaks justice against Haman. Hang him on that. <laughs> um, the king orders. Haman is then killed by the very instrument he intended to use against Mordecai. But Esther isn't yet content because the death decree is still in effect. She approaches the king and asks for his intervention. Unfortunately, the custom of the day prevents the king from rescinding an order previously given, but the king does what he can. He issues a, another order allowing every Jew to defend himself even with force of arms. When the order is implemented, the Jews fight back because they are allowed to keep swords as protection and they defeat any attempt to exterminate them. And so the festival of, of uh, I, don't, I don't know if you'd call it Purim, 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 do you know? Mm. The Jewish uh, festival uh, commemorates when the Jews were allowed to defend themselves thanks to Esther's intervention. Uh, she's remembered every year around March 14th, March 15th, uh, when Jews continue to, ce to celebrate uh, Purim, Purim, don't remember the pronunciation, P-U-R-I-M, Purim. Anyway, as further reward for his loyalty, Mordecai replaces Haman as visor. Uh, Queen, Queen Esther continues as a beloved wife of the king. Esther could have laid low, kept her Hebrew origins secret to save her own skin, but she intervenes for her people and uses her political position as queen and the romantic connection with her husband, the king, to right an injustice. Queen Esther leaves the Bible stage at this point after the book of Esther ends, but her bravery and her invaluable assistance in saving her people are remembered not only by Jewish ritual, but also in Christian art, which often depicts heroes of the Old and New Testaments. So it's an interesting story. Wow, yeah, it is. You know? And I say, the reason why I thought I found it interesting, first of all, is because I really didn't, uh, uh, you know, if somebody were to ask me, you know, who is Esther, Queen Esther, I, I, could, I couldn't really give you the full story because mm -hmm. I hadn't read the book of, of Esther. But, um, the, uh, but the point is, you know, that uh, we're, we're living in a time when, like that young man in, 
in Canada where we have to defend our faith, defend, defend our principles, our, mor- our morality, and, and not be bullied, not be bullied into, into silence or to be uh, made to feel that we're uh, hateful, you know, all those phobias that, you know, mm-hmm. they uh, thrust upon us, you know, all these different activist groups that are uh, pushing forward their, their activism, which is uh, really what that, perhaps we were talking about this on Tuesday, but what was, what was in the dark has really come into the light. And, uh, and, and they enjoy uh, uh, enormous power. Uh, I, I mean, enormous power. Uh, to uh, denigrate, uh, to malign, uh, to chide, to criticize those who hold to the faith. Again, I just take a, the example of that young man, 16 years old. Yep. And he has the courage to stand up and say, no, there's, there's only two genders. And, uh, you know, uh, he's defending these uh, young girls, you know, and he's arrested. He's arrested. Um, it's, it's, it's a bizarre, weird time we're living in. So we'll take a break uh, and then come back. Don't go away. I'm Father Anthony on Winds of Change on the new EWTN Catholic Radio Voice for Chicagoland, WSFI Catholic Radio on AM 750 WNDZ and on 88.5 FM WFSI. How long has it been since you have been to church? Busy schedule? Work? Or just lost interest? To be Catholic is not just merely attending Mass as just another weekend activity to be checked off the to-do list. Participation in the Sacred Liturgy gives you the opportunity to be intimately connected to Christ through the Holy Eucharist. You can also cleanse yourself of sin through the Sacrament of Reconciliation as a baptized Catholic. Come before the iconic monstrance to be in Christ's presence in the sacred silence of the Sanctuary of the Divine Mercy. St. Stanislaus Koska Church is open 24 hours a day seven days a week. St. Stan's is just off the Kennedy, two blocks north of Division on Noble. Come back to Christ through the sacred liturgy and his gift of the sacraments at St. Stan's. Tune in to Winds of Change on Friday, March 3rd. We will have guest host Mike Stark joining us, celebrating his birthday, and he will be talking about the Men of Christ. The discussion will include the upcoming Men of Christ conference in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and to discuss this great opportunity available to all. He will be joined by co-founder and former NFL player Kevin O'Brien. Remember, Friday, March 3rd, tune into a very entertaining show. And if you do, you will not be disappointed. Be sure to listen. I'm Father Anthony Bush, pastor of St. Stanislaus Koska, the Sanctuary of the Divine Mercy in Chicago. And you are listening to The Winds of Change. Sometimes it's tough to hear winds of change over the air. What with tall buildings, power lines, and other static. Now you can hear winds of change anywhere, anytime, or on any device. When winds of change is on the air, Monday through Friday, noon to one, go to ststandschurch.org. Scroll down to the winds of change tile and click on the listen live button or visit Winds of Change Facebook page to see the Listen Live link. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for being, being with us as we wrap up. I want to go back to the, uh, uh, kind of conclude with the, uh, uh, this gospel this past Sunday, Jesus in the, in the desert. And you know, you've, you've heard the, the, the phrase bird, 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 bread. Bread and circuses. Bread and circuses. Yeah. Did we talk about that on Tuesday? A little bit. Did we? Let's talk about uh, okay. it again. I like. So, it. so the concept was first described in ancient times by the satirical poet uh, Juvenal, who uh, penned in Latin the term "panem et circenses," which means "give them bread and circuses." In other words, the 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 elites, emperors, politicians, government, etc. I use the phrase as a means to placate the people, offering them food and rousing entertainment to bring them under the control, under their control, and rob them of their personal and collective freedoms. As as Catholics, you know, we've really got to be very uh, intent. Like, you know, say, okay, Esther in the beginning hid her her Judaism. She was a Persian Jew. Uh, But because she saw what was happening to her people and remembering uh, what was written, uh, by her forefathers, she she comes. She's awakened 
to her faith and her need to, to safeguard and protect her people. And she does it at great risk, knowing that she could lose her life. As Catholics, we are, first and foremost, we're under the authority of God who created us, redeemed us, sanctifies us, holds us responsible for the preservation of the precepts and moral integrity of the faith. In this history of ours, in our era, we're witnessing radical change and enormous challenges to the future well-being of our sacred tradition and the civility and sanity of society. And so as we begin the penitential season of Lent, we find ourselves tempted much as the Lord was tempted at the end of his 40 days in the desert. The devil, you see, offered him bread and circuses. You know, but the Lord did not succumb. His response to the devil's temptations must be ours. We live, this, live with this in our mind. One does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. The Lord your God shall you worship, and him alone shall you serve. We share a mission as disciples and servants of Christ to safeguard what has been handed on to us for the sanctification, the salvation of the people with whom we walk and live. Ever since the fall, and that was the first reading from Genesis on Sunday, which thrust the world into disorder and gave way to sin and death, we've been in a spiritual battle to be perpetually renewed and reformed in the Spirit of God, who alone is Creator and Redeemer. Disobedience and lack of regard for the commandments of God bring us to succumb to powers and principalities that fool us into falsehood, a falsehood that is enslaving. So, as as St. Paul writes in his letter to the Galatians, and I quote, I say then, live by the Spirit, and you will certainly not gratify the desire of the flesh. For the flesh is opposed to the Spirit, and the works of the flesh are obvious. What are they? He writes, immorality, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, rivalry, jealousy, dissensions, factions, envy, drinking bouts, orgies, and the like. Those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. He also warns us as well that in the last days, this is in his letter to Timothy, people will be self-centered, lovers of money, proud, haughty, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, irreligious, callous, slanderous, brutal, hating what is good, traitors, reckless, conceited, and I like this last one, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So today, my friends, our faith is challenged along along with the duties imposed on us for the common good, the proper ordering of society, and the salvation of those for whom the Lord laid down his life. We have a responsibility for the preservation of the Catholic faith, which implies the right worship of God, the protection of life from the moment of conception, the preservation of marriage and family, and a parent's rights to form their children, especially when it comes to their psychosexual health and their knowledge of God who created them male and female in his image and likeness. These and so many other truths are under, un, are under unprecedented attack in our day and in our time. So what, 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 what must we do to safeguard our faith? Well, we need to regain an appropriate asceticism which reveres God's place as a foundation and center of life. Asceticism means we, we, we detach from bread and circuses uh, to a large degree for the purpose of regaining a true sense of our responsibilities before God. So don't let uh, bread and circuses become the impediment or obscure the centrality of God in life. Uh, practically speaking, Practically speaking, uh, today we need to detach from inordinate use of social media. I'm not saying completely, but inordinate, inordinate use of social media and be intentionally selective to whom we listen and sensitive to forces opposed to God and God's law. 
because you, you see, and I, I mentioned this the other day, there are, there are many fruits hanging from many trees that poison us and draw us further and further away from Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. They're extremely deceptive. We need to be astute and sensitive to the enemies of our souls. And sacred scripture calls us to, to, to be astute over and over to such astuteness. As Jesus went into the desert to detach from the world in order to cleave to his Father and set out to fulfill his mission to teach us, to heal us, to save us, so too we must create space in our lives lest we lose our focus. That's why Lent is an opportunity for us to do this collectively. Are we governed by our feelings, which so often deceive us, or do we at least try to regain some semblance of common sense, the use of right reason? Is common sense and right reason, uh, these are really the fruits that are born from our participation in the holy sacrifice of the Mass, which keeps us grounded. Personal, communal prayer, fasting, charity, as well as entering, in, entering into the sacred scripture, into the story. Uh, the Gospels are being rewritten in every generation. We're the characters today in our day and our time. And also in the silent adoration of Christ in the Blessed Sacrament, there's just great, great divine power that emanates from the Blessed Sacrament that is very transformative. It purges, it heals, it matures us in Christ. Uh, the ancient serpent of Genesis, however he presents himself, offers bread and circuses to divert our attention from the sacred will of God to show us mercy and justice, that we in turn are merciful and just in our treatment of others. The serpent enslaves us, divides us, diminishes us, destroys us, the serpent being the devil, the ancient serpent, the dragon. God, on the other hand, brings us freedom. He brings us life. But it comes at a cost. We decrease that he increase. We die to ourselves that he live. We lose ourselves that he be found. In finding him, we find ourselves. In his life, we have life. So, I'll leave you with that today. And uh, uh, I think uh, Mark is going to be here tomorrow, right? So, we'll be back uh, eventually. But uh, have a, a very blessed evening. I don't know. Oh, yeah, okay, I thought we were. Anyway, I lost track of time here. It happens. Uh, thanks for being with us, everybody. Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Peace, Peace be with you, child. Obscure, it does not take that long. Can you see?